0: This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 114. Two ways to live. Albert Einstein said, there are only two ways to live your life. One, as though nothing is a miracle. The other, as though everything is a miracle. Jesus himself said that ultimately, there are only two ways to live. There are two paths, there are two gates, there are two destinations, and there are two groups of people. In the passage for today, we see starkly contrasting ways of life. From Psalm 50 But to the wicked person, God says, What right have you to recite my laws and to take my covenant on your lips? You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. Consider this, you who forget God. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me, and to the blameless, I will show my salvation. Two attitudes to God, hate or honour. When it comes down to it, there are only two possible attitudes to God. We can honour him, or we can hate him. For God says those who sacrifice thank offerings honour me. He contrasts those who hate my instruction Those who hate God ignore him and forget God. The 20th century saw the terrible consequences of the actions of those who forgot God and hated his instruction. As the great Russian novelist Alexander Solzhenitsyn considered the terrible disasters that swallowed up some 60 million Russians, he saw the principal trait of the 20th century was that people had forgotten God. This does not just apply to other people, it applies to us all. Do you find that sometimes, possibly because everything seems to be going well in your life, you forget to pray, read the Bible or give thanks to God for all his blessings? It's almost as if you have forgotten about God. There are times in all our lives when we forget God and mess things up. The contrast to forgetting God is a life honouring him, one full of thankfulness and praise. It's the praising life that honours me. As soon as you set your foot on the way, I'll show you my salvation. Lord, today I want to honour you by offering a sacrifice of thanks. Thank you for all the blessings that you have given to me. New Testament from Luke 22. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him on reaching the place he said to them pray that you will not fall into temptation he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them knelt down and prayed father if you are willing take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Then, seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he's a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Two paths to choose from, God's will or your own. Do you ever find yourself in a situation where you know the right thing to do, but you know the right thing's very difficult and costly? Are you sometimes tempted to take the easy way out? In this passage, we see that Jesus, as well as being fully God, was fully human. First he faced the terrible suffering of the cross. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. Jesus' humanity is seen in his anguish and his sweat like drops of blood falling to the ground. Despite all the difficulties, he chose God's will over his own and an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. You will never face as great a challenge as Jesus faced, but there will be times in your life when God asks you to choose his will over what you want to do. In every sacrifice, great or small, ask for God's strength to choose his will over your own as Jesus did. Judas, on the other hand, chose his own way. With a kiss, he betrayed the one who would loved him we see a stark contrast between Jesus and Judas. On the one hand, as Jesus prayed, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. On the other hand, we see that the result of Judas' act of betrayal, when darkness reigns, is hellish. If you feel, as I do, that you could never be quite like Jesus, but desperately don't want to be like Judas, then Peter gives us all hope. Peter messed up as we all do, and yet God used him. Peter's first mistake was to follow at a distance. When others are hostile towards Jesus, it's tempting to put a bit of distance between us and him, not to align ourselves too closely with Jesus. This path, in the end, led to straight-out denials. When Jesus turned and looked straight at Peter, Peter knew he'd blown it and wept bitterly. Like Judas, Peter had failed, yet his future was very different from Judas. God went on to use Peter perhaps more than anyone else in the entire history of the Christian church. The difference between Peter and Judas was their reaction to failure. Peter was deeply repentant and received forgiveness and restoration from Jesus. This gives us all hope. However far you've gone in the wrong direction, it's never too late to turn round turn back to jesus receive forgiveness and restore the relationship for all of us like peter yesterday's mess can become today's message your test can become your testimony father fill me today with your spirit and help me to say like jesus not my will but yours be done Old Testament, from Joshua 5-7 to 7. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down on the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Achan replied, It's true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I've done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. They're hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. Two types of ground to stand on, holy or hidden. Is there an area of your life that you keep hidden because it's a place of secret sin? In this passage we see two contrasting kinds of ground we see Joshua standing on holy ground on the other hand we see Achan standing on the ground of hidden sin God's messenger appears to Joshua whether it's an angel of the Lord or the second person of the Trinity Jesus we do not know what we do know is that Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and was told take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. There are times in life when the presence of God seems to be so strong that we sense that we're standing on holy ground. All we can do is fall down to the ground and worship. God gave Joshua success. The Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. His success didn't come from the size of his army, the power of his weapons or his skill as a leader. It came from his faith, in God, which led him to follow God's instructions. Likewise, Rahab, her family and all who belonged to her were spared because of her faith, which led to an act of kindness towards God's servants. In the New Testament, both Joshua and Rahab are recognized as heroes of faith. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. The book of Joshua raises many difficult questions to which we may struggle to find answers. As Christians, again, we have to remember to read it through the lens of Jesus and the New Testament. The book of Hebrews suggests that the promised land is a picture of the blessings you receive by obedience, that is, by faith in Jesus. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later but another day. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. One incident of such disobedience is seen in Achan whose coveting led to him disobeying God and taking silver and gold which he eventually admits are hidden in the ground inside my tent. Sure enough, Joshua's messengers ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. We need to be aware of the danger of compartmentalizing our lives. Like Achan's tent, everything can look respectable on the surface, but underneath, hidden away, there lurks sin. Other people cannot see the compartments of our lives where sin resides, but God can. Achan's sin did not just affect him, it affected the whole camp. God wanted a holy people who were consecrated to him. Sin and disobedience in the camp affected their purity. The Lord said, You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove it. It's a good question to ask. Is there some area that is not consecrated to God which is stopping me from receiving the blessings and victory God wants to give to his people? My experience has been that the Holy Spirit continues to shine his light on the hidden areas of my life. That I need to deal with. The process will probably never be complete this side of heaven. The good news for us is that we need no longer fear the punishment of sin that Achan faced. Through Jesus, no matter what your fallings have been, you are forgiven and restored. Lord, I consecrate my life to you again today. Thank you that you go with me as you went with Joshua. I choose today the path of your will for my life, holiness and honor
1: Pepper adds in luke twenty two verse forty six it says, "Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. I don't find getting up very early or staying up late to pray very easy. I do have some sympathy for the disciples. They had had a long day, and Jesus had been telling them all sorts of things about his suffering and death. It would have been very worrying and confusing for them. They were exhausted from sorrow. They must have been very disappointed with themselves for letting their friend, teacher, and Lord down. I do understand Peter's denial. Fear can sometimes take a grip. That's why Peter's transformation is so amazing from a coward to a brave leader. If God can change Peter, he can change me.